Scotty 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Happy Friday. Weekend's almost here. Hope you're all having a good one. Hope you're all making preparations for Valentine's Day. If you have not, get up here to Layton. We're live at Minky Couture. That's just one of several locations. You get 55% off these blankets and be a hero on Valentine's Day. It's that simple. Andy Bailey's going to join us coming up here in a moment. It's been a moment. It's been a minute since we've chatted with him. Way too long. Love his takes. He's great on Twitter. Very, very forward. Doesn't try to sugarcoat things, which I absolutely love, and always gives us it straight here on the Hanson Scotty Show. So excited to have him back on. So we'll get with him here in just a moment, chat with him about the NBA post-trade deadline and uh, and uh, what he expects throughout the rest of the 30 games of the regular season. Really quickly before he jumps on, uh, things didn't look real good against Phoenix last night. No, no. That was a team that looked dismantled. No Booker. And no matters. No, no worries. <laughs> and no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Because Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. And Phoenix is still firing hot. I mean, I, I still think that's a team that could come together. Oh, yeah. It's got all the talent it needs when Booker's healthy to come together. But last night, really from start to finish, they they pressed and dominated. Yeah, and not surprising, honestly, considering, you know, you got the loss of players due to the trade and then probably the mental fatigue of the whole thing, too. I mean, I don't know how interested the Jazz really were in playing basketball after dealing with seeing their their guys get traded. Probably wasn't a pleasant, pleasant day for them. And it makes a little bit of sense that they would get get it handed to them a bit last night. I'll tell you what, Bradley Bill looked okay last night for stretches. Yeah, he still got some gas left in the tank. He, he looked really good in moments. Uh, Grayson Allen hit a couple of threes. That deep three there in the, what, maybe, was that five minutes into the first quarter? Yeah, yeah it was early. <laughs> he strokes a deep three. We're talking about Grayson Allen, who's leading the league in three-point percentage at nearly 50%. He's at over 49% from three. And last night, he stepped out there and went two of three. Was it two of three? No, he went. Yeah, two of three from three and and hit one deep three. So with Grayson and, and Bill doing what he's doing, that is a team that if Booker's healthy, Phoenix is a team that can yeah. catch some fire. All right, joining us now, one of our favorites when it comes to the NBA, it's Andy Bailey carving out a few moments for us. Andy, how you doing, man? Hey, Andy. I'm good. How are you guys? Very good. Very good. All right, so uh, trade deadlines in the rearview mirror. Kind of give us your evaluation of the Jazz and uh, what you think of Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck and the work they did on a couple of those trades. The, I <laughs> I guess my hesitant, like, I, obviously you can see I'm struggling to come up with the words. They're one of the teams that confused me a little bit yesterday. Um I thought, and maybe it's just because the offers weren't out there, I thought they'd be able to get better value for Kelly Olenek. I, I was kind of surprised they had to attach Abaji to him to get a first-round pick back. 
Um, maybe there's somebody in the 24 draft that they're just higher on than the consensus, and they were really you know keen on getting that pick, and so that made it worthwhile for them. But that trade was kind of a head scratcher to me. And um, the Fontecchio one is is maybe a little bit easier for me to wrap my head around, um, as far as I can tell. I think I think his name is Procida is the uh, other Italian player that they got the draft rights to could be sort of a similar um, wing who can shoot from Italy of, of all places. And he's, you know, seven or eight years younger than Fontecchio. So maybe you're just kind of turning the clock back on that. And, and the second they got in that deal could be valuable too, because it, it should be early in the second round. Um, the other thing maybe they're doing is just kind of clearing the way for someone like Taylor Hendricks to maybe get some more minutes now that Kelly Olenek is gone. Um, so, I mean, there's, I think there's explanations for everything that they did yesterday. I just, that deadline was a little bit different than I anticipated. Um, it was kind of weird from Kelly Olenek's perspective to me too, because I assumed he'd be on a playoff team after yesterday. And that doesn't appear to be the case, at least not for this season. Hey, Andy, have you ever witnessed a team that has been so committed to hoarding picks over a two-year period of time? Is is this normal? Is it way abnormal? Because it it feels like the Jazz or a Badger just pulling in picks into their hole right now. I don't think it's abnormal. Um, in fact, I you know I think in fairly recent history we have examples of teams that were maybe even a little more dramatic with it. The Oklahoma City Thunder, their trove of draft assets is just absurd if you if you you know look that up on google all the stuff that they have incoming in the next several years is crazy and the philadelphia 76ers were big on this too during the process days and i think it's generally a smart approach um and again i'm i'm not inside the discussions that the jazz front office is having with with other teams around the league but i just i thought they could have gotten something for Olenek individually and maybe that just wasn't the case maybe when push came to shove there weren't as many teams interested in him as I thought there would be um but it's I short answer is I don't think it's abnormal for Utah to be in sort of an aggressive asset accumulation mode but they're also I think for two years in a row now have been better than expected so I, I think you know you could probably justify dialing that back a little bit Uh, and being more of a buyer. A lot of people actually kind of expected them to be buyers yesterday. Um, So I guess they've got a bunch of different paths they could have gone down. It's just the ones that they found yesterday uh, took me by a little bit of a surprise. Let's – how much dissent is there in Lakerland with uh, the Lakers unable to do anything and LeBron seemingly not pleased about it? I, it sounds to me like there's a decent amount. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of media people connected to the team talking about, you, you mentioned that LeBron may be unhappy with it, and I, I can understand that. I mean, for, for most of the last 20 years, he has gotten his way on stuff like this, and for that not to happen has got to be a little bit of a surprise to him. Um and I've seen a lot of, you know, Lakers media and, and fans think, well, even if we didn't want to expend our first and kind of keep our powder dry for the summer, we could have done something with second-round picks. Um, you know, we should have done something, anything, to improve the situation. Um, I, I generally think 
this was probably the wisest path for them. I, I don't think there was anybody available on the market this week who would have dramatically changed their fortunes. Um, they're going to be able to trade three first-rounders in the summer as opposed to one right now. And so maybe they're able to go out and get a star. I think, you know, people are already whispering about Trey Young potentially as, as a possibility for the Lakers. That would certainly be interesting. Donovan Mitchell has been mentioned as well, but I just I don't think they'll have – what they need to make that happen, um, especially with the way he's been playing the last couple of weeks. I think he's going to be out of their price range. Um, but I, I think this was probably the wise way to go for L.A. They'll probably get a buyout guy or two in the next couple of weeks who may add a win or two uh, over the course of the season. But I just I don't I don't think the Lakers are contenders. I don't think anything they could have done in the trade market this week would have made them contenders. Um I, I certainly didn't think they were contenders in February of last year either, and they wound up in the Western Conference Finals. So I guess they could surprise me again. Um, but the drop-off on that roster beyond the top two guys is just so dramatic, and I, I, I actually think they were probably smart the way they handled the deadline. Well, the deadline goes without Golden State getting involved, at least not in any depth. And Steve Kerr kind of dug his feet in too and said, no, we've got the talent to get back in this thing. Are we just watching Golden State now in a slow death, Andy? I think so. Um, <laughs> I think they have the talent to get into the plan. Like, you know, given what happened this week, I think Utah maybe takes a half step back without a Linux. I, I think he's been a pretty important part of the team um, over the last couple of years, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Golden State overtake them and, and sneak into the play-in tournament. Uh, I think there may be a game or two back of Utah right now. And Houston's going to, I think, be in the fight at least until the end of the season. Um, and between those three teams, I think given, you know, Golden State's history, it's it's not going too far out on a limb to suggest they'll end up in that top ten. But I don't, I don't see them getting much further than that. Like even if they escape the play-in tournament and they have to face the Clippers or the Nuggets or the Thunder or some team like that in the first round. I, this this just isn't the Warriors team of six or seven years ago. It's probably not a newsflash to most outside observers, um, but it may be hard to grasp for certain guys within the organization, maybe Steve Kerr. Um, we've, we've heard some interesting comments from Clay Thompson over the last couple of weeks about how he sort of struggled with <laughs> um, – getting to know his basketball mortality. They they have some good signs. Like Jonathan Kaminga has been fantastic for about a, a month now, and so maybe that changes their fortunes a little bit. Um, but they, like the Lakers, I, I think the rest of the West has just sort of passed them by at this point. What are your thoughts on uh, Oklahoma City as a as a essentially an NBA championship contender? Yeah, I think they are a contender. And I think, you know, the obvious caveat that everybody brings up is there's no playoff experience there, and, and really there isn't much, even after they added Gordon Hayward. Um, generally, historically in the NBA, groups have to take their lumps in the playoffs before they, you know, figure it out and, and go through that growing process. I think a good um, – I think a good analog for this team is actually, I think it was the 2011-12 Thunder, who, you know, I, I don't know their history super well. I don't know how many playoff tests they had before that year, but I do remember thinking it was kind of a surprise that they made it to the finals that early. 
with Durant and Westbrook and Harden. And I wouldn't be shocked just on talent and versatility and length alone if this OKC team makes that kind of a run. I, I think they are just phenomenally talented. I think SGA is clearly been one of the three or four best players in the league this season. You need that to make a deep playoff run. You need one of those super-duper star type of guys. Um, I think the way that they play small is actually a problem for most other teams. I know a lot of people were clamoring for them to get a big this week, um, but I, I'm not sure I would want them to sacrifice that strength of the speed and the athleticism and the switchability that they have. And I actually really like the Hayward trade for them. They didn't they didn't really have to give up much. Davis Bertans obviously wasn't playing for them. I don't think they had to give up a pick for Hayward. Um, health is always a big question for him. But if he is available and he's your fourth or fifth option, he's he's kind of a connector slash glue glue guy. Um, he could be phenomenal in that role. I think he's been miscast for, you know, most of the time since he left Utah, and I think he's settled into a place that could be really good for him. So I like OKC's chances. I I think it's a fool's errand to try and predict the West Um, this season. There are just so many good teams, um, and teams that aren't in that top four that, like, if Luca got super hot in the first round and they upset one of those top four teams, I don't think anybody would be shocked. I mean, the, the unpredictability in that conference right now is just crazy. Well, that's one area I wanted to go because I watched a little bit of that Minnesota-Milwaukee game last night, and I was just watching Gobert and Towns and Edwards and Conley and the way they move as a group and the rebounding and the defense, and they overwhelmed Milwaukee. They, they just flat-out overwhelmed them almost from the jump. And I'm really curious with this Minnesota team if Anthony Edwards can be that specialty scoring superstar. You can get the defense of Rudy Gobert, and Towns can be the unstoppable stretch. Do you think Minnesota, it could be their year? Yeah, to throw them into the mix too. I mean, they're they're one of those top four teams fighting for the number one seed right now. I I saw a stat from I think it was one of the official NBA accounts a couple of days ago when all four of those teams were tied for first. I think it was the Thunder, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Wolves. And it said it was the latest in an NBA season that four teams were tied for first in the conference. Um, so I you know I I would say any of those four teams being in the finals if I looked up in June and they're there I wouldn't be shocked and that includes Minnesota you mentioned a lot of the things that make them make them interesting um I you know of of all those things the one I'm maybe least worried about is Anthony Edwards playing like a superstar in the playoffs I mean his his numbers so far and granted he's only played in two series but he's averaging 28 points, five rebounds, four assists, a steal and a half, and a block and a half in the playoffs. And and last year against the Nuggets, he just there were extended stretches where he looked completely unstoppable. Um, so I think you you might even be safe to check that box. They have the the guy who can get to supernova level in the playoffs, and then the supporting cast that they've surrounded him with is is just fits together so well. There's so much length. You mentioned Townsend Gobert, but Jaden McDaniels, I think, contributes to that too. And he wasn't even available for that series against the Nuggets. So they can switch all over the floor. Um, Mike Conley, who Jazz fans are obviously well acquainted with, is is one of the best sort of floor general, table setter type point guards. And, you know, swapping him in for D'Angelo Russell, I think was 
a landscape shifting move for the NBA last season. And, it, you know, he's obviously fit brilliantly there. Kyle Anderson hasn't been as good this season, but I like him too. Um, they've, they've just got a bunch of length, a bunch of playmaking, the best defensive player in the league. There, There's a lot of boxes that they check too. With the recent hot streak they're on and their additions at the trade deadline, are we prepared to talk about the Knicks being a problem in the East too? Uh, yeah. I, I actually wrote an article yesterday in the wake of the deadline. I I think they won trade season, um, and that's sort of a nebulous term. I extended it all the way back to the Ananobi trade. So they've picked up him um, and been absolutely dominant with him on the floor ever since he came over. His his defense, I think, has gotten most of the attention, and, and rightfully so. But I think the way that he plays offense um, and the way that he fits in with Brunson and Randall is just such a better fit than R.J. Barrett. Um, a reliable catch-and-shoot guy, a timely cutter, doesn't need to dominate the ball. So that alone was was huge, and I was almost ready to say they're, they're you know, close to a Tier 1 contender in the East even before yesterday, and I think they just knocked yesterday out of the park. There, there weren't any stars moved, and a lot of people are complaining about this deadline being a dud. But Alec Burks, I think, has quietly become one of the best reserve combo guards in the league over the last five or six years. Another guy that Jazz fans obviously know pretty well. Um, he is a, a very reliable three-point shooter, um, can create a little bit. He played some point guard the last time he was on the Knicks. So I think they replaced a lot of what they lost with quickly um, by getting Burks. And then Bogdanovich, I, we, we keep mentioning former Jazz I know, players it was here. a busy day for um, former Jazz players yesterday. Yeah. Um, just a phenomenal floor spacer, averaged over 20 points with the Pistons, shot over 40% from three. Another guy who, like Ananobi, I don't think is going to dominate the ball. Um, they've got ball dominance kind of wrapped up in Brunson and Randall, and everybody else I think is going to be willing and able to just sort of space the floor around him. And I, I think both of those guys fit just brilliantly there. And if they get Mitchell Robinson back, and it sounds like they might before the playoffs – um, they have an eight or nine man rotation that I think is, is up there with just about anybody in the East. And what has impressed me about New York all season, and especially after the Ananobi trade, they just play with a force and a tenacity that a lot of other teams don't have. Um, just completely overwhelmed the Nuggets in the game a few weeks ago, knocked them out within six minutes. Um, it, it was kind of like you described with the Timberwolves and the Bucks uh-huh. last night. Those teams that are big – physical and athletic um they they can be a problem for some of these more finesse teams and i think i think new york is going to be a problem in the playoffs hey andy just a really quick two-part question for me and and then i'm all done i was just sick about Joel Embiid and another meniscus and another surgery to try to clean it up and he was on a crash course for a repeat mvp and this one legitimate like well deserved And he goes down with this meniscus. Uh, Two-part question. Number one, are are we potentially seeing him with his injuries slowing down after he comes back from this? And number two, whose race does it become now that he's out of the MVP race? Yeah, I. first of all, I'll echo what you said about um, Embiid in the lead-up there. He was just phenomenal and and last season I honestly didn't think there was a statistical argument for him to be the MVP Mm -hmm. um but prior prior to him 
being injured this season, I, I think if I had a vote, I probably would have gone with him. The The way he was scoring was just absurd. And I guess I would withhold my answer on, on the question about his long-term viability until I see him in action. Um, but we've seen, we've seen meniscus stuff derail careers. I, I believe that was kind of the beginning of the end for Brandon Roy all those years ago. Don't oh, quote yeah. me on that. I'm going to have to look that up when we get off the phone, but, um, you know, repeated knee injuries are scary. They're, they're especially scary for a guy as big as Joel Embiid. Uh, I, you know, shortly after that injury happened, I was Googling pictures of him at Kansas because I just remembered him being this, you know, slender, kind of more of like a Rudy Gobert type frame. And I don't know if he can get back to that kind of frame. Maybe he doesn't even need to, but even if he lost 20, 30 pounds, maybe, maybe does that make his career last a little bit longer? Um, so again, I, I think we'll kind of have to see how it goes when he gets back, but there are certainly, I mean, there, there's been red flags health wise throughout his career. They're, they're maybe waving a little bit more aggressively now. Um, but but I guess we'll see. We'll we'll see if he comes back this season. Which I think the vagueness of Philadelphia on that has been kind of frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. I guess if there is a chance, you want to leave that door open. But if but if there's also a chance of him aggravating stuff, I think you need to be super cautious with it. So I'll withhold on that one. And then on the MVP race, now that he's gone, I think the statistical juggernaut once again is Jokic. Um, just not, I mean, I, I watched him last night and thought he played really poorly for most of the game, and then you look at the box score and he winds up with 26, 12, and 9 or something mm-hmm. like that, and that's just become the norm for him. But I do think there will be a case for Shea Gilgis-Alexander, especially if they finish first. If the Thunder finish first, he's averaging, you know, 32 points a game. He leads the league in steals. You know, he's leading the second youngest roster in the league to first place in the West. There's going to be a loud and, and probably justified call for him to have a shot at it. All right. Andy, always a pleasure to catch up with you, man. Uh, thanks for your breakdown, as always. Thanks for the insight, and we'll uh, look forward to catching up with you again here soon. Love your work. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is, Andy Bailey, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Andy's been a good friend of ours for a long time. He's been really kind to come on and help us out. Uh, again, you can catch him on Bleacher Report as an NBA writer. So Joel Embiid, before he went out, was averaging 35.3 points a game. Luka Doncic is just a touch behind him at 34.6 points per game. 34.6 points per game. He's averaging three, uh, four three-pointers made a game. He's averaging 38% from three. He is averaging nine and a half assists, 8.8 rebounds. So with Joel Embiid out of the race, it probably statistically is Luka Doncic. Um, that'd be interesting. It, it is interesting. They'll, 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 take in, they'll take into account where they're at win-loss standpoint. Right, because Shake Gilgis Alexander yeah. is – I mean, Dallas is an eight seed. Oklahoma City is a three seed right yeah. now. Yeah. I'd give it to Shea in a second. Not so, even think twice about it. So kind of overlook the, the statistical yep. giant. I take into winning and all that stuff, yeah. Shea does everything extremely well. Yeah. 
All right, Hans and Scotty, we're live here at Minky Couture. Get your tail down here. Let's get you. In, let's get you a blanket. Let's get you. You know, we got robes. We got uh, the bags. You name it. You've got it down yeah, here. Yeah, we've got it. We've got it covered. If you always give a blanket, given everywhere, uh, we have the everywhere bags. Everywhere bags. I have to think. Okay, and the anywhere blanket. It's like, oh, they sound so much just like the same. Who named them? I did. So sorry. Um, but the blankets that go anywhere with the zip that have the um, hood on them that literally are just fun. If you have spring sports, you know, soccer games, outdoor sports coming up, baseball, it's great to have. It's the right thing. And it's something that I was able to give to my wife, and she loved because we go to a lot of games. you got football season that's going to be rolling around. you got the spring season that's – going to be rolling around so you got some early cool temperatures yes, and it's and, rainy yeah to it's like it's throw. waterproof water resilient i can't say proof oh is that even right even though i've had no zero complaints it's just not a hundred percent like you don't want to stand outside in a you can't start yeah, yeah. with it in a, yeah in a hurricane or a typhoon <laughs> can't wrap it around your legs and use it as, as waders yeah. yes but it's definitely going to deflect the rain it's going to deflect the rain yes 55 percent off and again not just in this location all up and down all, all your stores six locations yep 55 percent off and you if you are sitting at an office and you go how am i going to get there tonight i've got to go to a indoor basketball game um just order online and i think it will be there if you're local i think for, pretty much for sure it'll be there by wednesday let's go come on it's all right here at minky couture take advantage of that 55 percent off that's 55 percent off 55 percent off and it's every item unless it's already discounted and if it's already discounted then we've taken the 55 percent off or more sometimes if we have previously discounted like i said they're 60 or 65 percent off so you can't lose either way let's go you're saving tons of money you're saving your relationship and it's a win-win it is a win-win and on the next segment my last segment i've got a surprise because we're going to do some giveaways Ooh, let's go yeah oh nice stay tuned for that you always love the giveaways yep it's all right yep. here on 97.5 the ksl sports zone live at Mickey couture this is this is DJ and PK. Okay, so you got them last time at Delta Center. That's a poll question for another day. The Delta Center or Delta Center? What do they want? They've asked me to drop the the, so I'm going to. Because? Nobody asked me. They don't care what I think. I just like that it bugs you. Okay. <laughs> talking to a guy I work with. He said, I was up early driving somewhere. I had you guys on. PK was cracking me up. He's giving you such a hard time. But I agree <laughs> with you. It's the Delta Center. But it was still hilarious. <laughs> I love that you've thought about it. Well, I have to. You keep bringing it up. I don't give a crap what they call it. It makes no difference to me. I care about what goes on the floor during the game. Catch DJ and PK. Mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai. Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. The wheel is loaded, and it's time to talk some sports. This is Sports Roulette with Hanson Scotty on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
Anson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time for another edition of Sports Roulette, all brought to you by UCCU. Love where you bank. Utah Community Credit Union. Learn and earn with the app paying your family to learn about money. All right. We got a bunch of stories as we wrap up the week. Let's get to it. Lloyd, fire up that wheel. How do you like them apples? Well, Scotty, how do you like them apples? You enjoy them? Uh, yeah. uh, okay, here we go. Ben Affleck. Uh, so, Ben Affleck. Oh, oh. So, did you hear how everybody was attacking Ben Affleck for being in a, a commercial, a Super Bowl commercial? It was the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, everybody's beating him up, and they're like, wow, you go from whatever, Emmy or whatever, Academy Oscar Award. or whatever yeah. it is they win, to a Dunkin' Donuts commercial, huh? His ultimate flex was, hey, idiots, I got $10 million for one day of filming. That's all you got to say. I, I mean, do you know how many actors have done full movies and not even been close to $10 million. Oh, I bet Affleck's done a bunch of movies where he hasn't even made $10 million. I'll bet his initial payment for... Goodwill Hunting? Goodwill oh, Hunting. Oh, I bet he made, like, no money on that. Because didn't they put because their they, money into yeah, it? Yeah, I think he probably lost money on that because because they wrote it. I think they had to come up with the financing for it and raise the money for it. The only problem with this, with Ben Affleck coming out and saying, Dunkin' Donuts, they give me $10 million. And by the way, Dunkin' Donuts ran a a, um, a little research. The day after that Super Bowl that he was in that commercial, it it was the most donuts sold in Dunkin' Donuts history. You know what? I will never begrudge somebody for how much money they make because somebody gave that money to them. Like, if you want to be mad at somebody, be mad at Dunkin' Donuts. Don't be mad at Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck got his money. He got his money. And now we're seeing... All of these big-time actors in these Super Bowl commercials, now we have kind of an idea of what they're being paid. I'm also, like, if I'm a a B-lister, who's a good B-lister right now? Is uh, the the kid that was in uh, Little House on the Prairie that is now in everything. (laughs) Wait, what? Who? Uh, Jason Bateman. Oh. Oh, Jason Bateman's an A-lister. Yeah, I would say he's an A-lister. He's an a Okay, what about the girl that was in Little House on the Prairie? You mean Half Pint? Melissa Gilbert? Half Pint's no. like a C-lister. No, no, no. Uh, Shannon Doherty. Uh, no, she's like a like an H or an I-lister. She's that far down? <laughs> yeah, 90210 has been pretty far in the rearview mirror. <laughs> I know all my actors by Little House. Why are House. you just going Little House on the Prairie? Because Freedom they Brad had Joe. everybody. They had everybody. Even Johnny Cash did some... Uh, Angela Lansbury, when she was alive, was a B-lister. <laughs> well, she was in Little House, too. Whoa, she had a spot in Little yeah, House? Yeah, I think she actually did a couple of episodes in Little House. Wow. But I think the, the all-time great was she combo, uh, Was she Mrs. Turtle? There wasn't a Miss Turtle. Or Miss Beetle. Or Beetle. Sorry. <laughs> You're a jerk. Don't do that, man. You know I don't like when you do that. There's, there's a sorry. few lines. There's a few lines we can't cross on this line on this show, Lloyd. You know that, and that is definitely one of them. Uh, Johnny Cash and June Carter did a series. They did an episode. They did like four or five episodes for Little House. Were they a married couple? They were nice. Yeah, and those are a couple of my favorites. 
Johnny was a no-nonsense kind of actor. He'd just get his business done and get out. Well, Mama, let's go out to the back 40. <laughs> That's John Wayne. Come on, Mother. <laughs> Come on. Anyways. Anyways. Let's say Shannon Doherty is in a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. And now she's looking and she's like, so how much did you pay Ben Affleck? And they're like, $10 million. All right, I'll take 10 like, <laughs> no, you'll get, you're going like to get this 10, gift card 000. for a free cappuccino once a month for six months. And you'll be grateful. She's like, fine, I'll take it. <laughs> Shannon Doherty. Hey, there was a time where she was kicking butt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 90210 for sure. All right, spin it, Lloyd. Covey has some thoughts. So, Britton Covey with the Philadelphia Eagles was uh, had a good little chat after, um, well, on Media Row, on uh, Super Bowl Media Row. A bunch of athletes go up and down and talk to various media members, usually their hawking product, whatever the case might be, but sat down and was asked why things went south this year near the end of the year for the uh, Eagles. I definitely think we got emotionally tired from trying to figure out what the problem was. And we kept trying to pinpoint it at this and pinpoint it at this. And um, there was some miscommunication, I think, from coaches to players. There was some pointing fingers from player to player. And there was kind of letting, you know, outside voices impact our love for the game and just the happiness that we had. And all that combined to really just kind of make us spiral. But honestly, I think that you're going to see a team this year that is going to be like, I'm not letting that same thing happen. And I'm not saying, like, just on-the-field performance, but I'm not letting that impact me. I'm not letting this impact me. And I think it's going to, you're going to see a lot more resilient people, players, because of it. I know I will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think you can – I know it's, it's so – you want to pinpoint a spot that goes wrong, right? You want to – if Brian Johnson – it wasn't Brian Johnson. You know, I'm, I definitely think we needed some changes. And so, you know, we have a new coordinator. I think it's going to be good for us. Uh, Nick Sirianni wasn't, you know, it's it's a combination, but that answer's just not sufficient. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, but we should have done this. And and so uh, I just think you need change. You need fresh eyes. Um, but we still got the pieces. Yeah. You know, we still got the pieces this year. And uh, we got 58 draft picks. It's crazy. So we're, we're going to do something. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think we overcorrected in some areas last year and undercorrected in others. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's hearty. Well, yeah. and uh, That's chunky stew. <laughs> you can eat that one with a fork. You really can. Yeah. That, that had a lot of beef in it. Yeah. Um, I just want to give more broth if I'm here. In. I just, I, you know, and here's the thing. Britton, he's old, older. He's mature. Uh, he's well-spoken. He's, he's wise. He's very wise. He's very intelligent. And I guarantee everything he said was absolutely true. Yeah. However, I don't know if a second-year player can be saying that. And plus a little Utah and Utah crime right there. Um, oh, Like, that's not going to sit well. Okay, first off. I, I love it, though. I, I do. love I, it. Look, if he, if he was if – he, if he had 1,200 yards receiving last year, he can say that. If he was a 10-year pro, he could say that. I just don't know if you're a guy that's just still in there scratching and clawing, trying to make your way onto that roster year in and year out, if you can if you can say that and survive it. I hope he can. 
So I don't know where where did you see this? How big is this getting? Who's picked uh, it up? I don't, I've just I've I've seen it retweeted a few times. In fact, I think Jake Hatch retweeted it today. That's where I saw it because the way I look at it, the only way it really actually has an impact is if people start grabbing sound bites and yeah. it goes viral. Yeah. If people start taking the clips and start pumping it out there where it's a shortened clip of him saying, hey, we emotionally fall apart, and they start pumping it out there, and his te- and then it's in his teammate's face, and it's in his coach's face, and they're like, he he's a returner in his third year. What? Is what? But if it stays just kind of mainstream, not viral, but just mainstream. Yeah, yeah I think it's, I guarantee I think it's this thing's getting blown up in bit. Philly. I mean, yeah, Barstool Philly has, has, has uh, picked it up. Dang, Barstool. Yeah, and they, see, got about, they got about pretty close to about 200,000 followers. Well, um, it's, it, what, it's what did they say about it? Are they listing it as a negative? or Because his comments are very nice. Well, I went. Very at, accurate. Yeah, and I went and looked at some of the responses, and there were a lot of Philadelphia fans like, finally, somebody's speaking the truth. But, you know, like. Yeah, you listen to it, and you're like, oh, that actually feels good. Yeah. You know? I mean, look, it's a great answer. We, You know, the problem is in the media, we make fun of coach speak because because coaches say the same thing over and over. But yet when they do open up and say something honest and transparent, then everybody reigns, oh, you got, you know, you're going to tear a locker room apart or whatever the case might be. So it is hypocritical on our part um, to to throw a guy under the bus for not, not that we are just the media and collectively to, to go after a guy for saying something like that. When in reality, we want that. Like, we should want people to be open and honest like that I, I, without any repercussions. And, and by I, the way, Barstow, it, like they just put his quote out there and the video they read. They essentially sent out the video and just his quote. They didn't say anything about it. I really like the comments. And let me tell you where the com- where comments in media get really torn apart and cause division in a locker room is when they're inaccurate. And it's really hard when somebody's putting the absolute truth on the line. It's hard to come in the locker room and be, hey, hey jerk. It's like, no, dude, you, you know we all shut down. You know that. We were all fighting about whatever it was that they were arguing about and <clears throat> injuries that were going on and personnel decisions that were made. And you can look at each other and be like, you know, we were arguing about that. Yeah, but why are you saying that out loud? You're telling people our business. We need to get this thing straight out. That's what I said at the end. Yeah. I said, so, we're not going to let that hold us down. And I said myself in particular. I love Britain. I do. And I, I love those comments. I just hope it doesn't bite him in the butt. That's all. I, I do, too. I don't think it will. My yeah. instincts tell me this will die after the Super Bowl. OTAs will kick up. We'll start talking about personnel stuff. And they still have Jalen Hurts, and they'll have a ton of attention. And they've got a, a brand-new offense, uh, offensive mind and system that's coming in. By the way, you uh... – you uh, ready for uh, some breaking jazz news? The Kevin Knox era in Utah is over. Oh, the Jazz have what? announced they've waived Kevin Knox. He was part of the Simone Fontecchio deal. Oh. All right, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Coming up next, we'll wrap up this thing, get you ready for JJ and Alex straight ahead. 
This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. It's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only David Locke. I suspect we're going to see a lot more Taylor Hendricks before the end of the year. What do you make of that? He has to start playing at some point, and particularly if you can get an asset in exchange for clearing playing time for him. That's what you just did. I think it'll be really interesting to watch. He's been in the G League for a long time. This will rejuvenate him. Some of his play as of late felt a little bit like maybe he'd been there for a long time, and I think it'll be really interesting. He showed defensive flashes. I think he's going to have to learn how to play hard. I think he's going to have to learn how to play every night, which is hopefully two things he learned in the G League. And then I don't expect, like, massive skill development. He's still, you know, over time going to have to learn how to dribble and pass. And I just hope we see a little bit more than just a corner three shooter. Like, I'd like to see him play inside of a team concept now that he knows he's going to be getting 20 minutes of the night. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. And Sultan and Scotty Chin. Chin, Chin. That's right. Yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Standing here beside you, want so much to give you this love in my heart that I'm feeling for you. Let them see you went crazy. I don't care about that. Put your hand Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. That's why we don't do video, Hans. Yeah, I know. But uh, it's the wave of the future, so we got to get on it. We got the, uh, our, our recipes have been posted, the videos. Nate came to our house, houses, and uh, yeah. Your, so you your got- dicing hands is something else. I thought you did a tremendous job. Well, you're the only one, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I, just because Jessica does all the cutting up at uh, Boy's house. You're not lying. I guess I don't have a salsa garden to procure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The videos didn't turn out like I'd hoped them to. I think I'll just have Amanda do them. Just let Amanda and Jenny just do it all. Yeah. You mean record them or be in them? Be in them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to see us. Yeah. Yeah. The, the recipes are great. Uh, you, you wait. In fact, I'm going to retweet it. Did you retweet it? Uh, I'm going to. I'm trying to think of something to say that I'm oh, not man, quite sure. Oh, man, those nachos look so good. Yeah, they're really good. No, the nachos look good. I, I haven't gotten to yours yet, so. I'm just going to oh, put, don't, good. don't let my face ruin the food. That's don't let my face. Just focus on the food, not the face. Ruin the food. That's it. All right. There we go. All right. Wrapping things up. Sandy's with us. We are live here at uh, Minky Couture. We've had so much fun out here. I, You know, it's always great because you see a guy who comes in here, who's listening to the station. He knows his sports. He knows, you know, he's a hardworking dude. He does all the things. But when it comes to Valentine's Day, he's a moron. Yeah, you know, and let's just, he knows I mean, his sports yeah, I mean, like he's got all the basic stuff covered, but when it comes to love and romance mm-hmm. and Valentine's, he's like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And so he comes in here, he grabs a blanket, uh, he gets 55% off and he walks out and you can feel like the weight of the world is just off his shoulders. He's like, you know what? I'm going to screw up a lot of things, but I'm not screwing up Valentine's nope. Day. Well, why not be a hero? Why not be proactive? Because this is the tool to get you where you want to go. It, it, it puts 
you in the driver's seat. And so all those guys that they're there going, oh, I just don't want to give in to this Valentine stuff or yeah. that's just for wimps or just for <laughs> lovey boys or, you know, whatever they call each other. <laughs> <laughs> they call me lovey boy. Yeah, that's, that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> and wives, you know, it doesn't matter. You just need to have that blanket in your trunk of your car as a surprise it's the best i've been able to gift one to my wife i so so far i've gifted her a blanket a robe and then the all weather oh good so she's got one of each over the last whatever we, how many been, seven years we've been <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say we were just talking the other day about you guys coming to our first store in that little room yep. where we were going there's not enough room for these two big guys in a table and blankets <laughs> like we're what where are we going to put them? See, the reason you guys moved to this new store was because of us. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you helped us get here, that's for sure. <laughs> we needed some and elbow then, room. <laughs> yeah. And then we needed el- elbow room and some room to roam. Well, you've taken such yeah. great care of our listeners. And again, 55% off just coming to the store. And okay. what? And you've got a big giveaway. I've got some big giveaways. I shouldn't have. I this shouldn't giveaway have, is crazy. Yes. So in every single store, and my managers are on alert, we're going to give away. We just reached 600000 on our Instagram, so I'm trying to get now to 700000 But we just reached 600000 so can't give 600000 gifts away. So yeah. every store is going to give six free items. It can be a blanket. It can be a robe. It can be an everywhere blanket. It can be a scarf. I mean, you can choose. It can be a Valentine blanket, but there's six giveaways at each store any item you select. Wow. This is absolutely yeah. one of the so biggest. So 36 items. That's great. 36 items. So six at each store. I'm just telling you, if you're by a minky store right now. Yes. You better get over there because you never know. You think while you're driving, oh, it's over there, but I probably won't make it. But you never know. We've had people yeah. wait a half hour and we've had people wait two seconds. So we, you have both. But with six... Your chances are so much better. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I'm going to give people a tip. Your chances are really good because this is only a one-time mention. Yes. Because, you know, this is the one and only time that this will be mentioned. So if you're hearing it, be one of the first six and you get to pick an item out of And I love your listeners and I love that they're going to go to a store near them and they're going to run in and get that gift. For it's free. so excited, and they're your your peeps. Yeah, they're, yep, yep. They love them, and we love you, morons. We love you, yeah. but, <laughs> but we but we, we need to get you squared away you, for Valentine's. They're call, all such great guys. Oh, they are. They're good dudes. You well mannered dudes. Morons. I call them lovey boys. Love lovey boys. boys. Well, you you're a lovey boys. Look, you're a moron coming in here, and when you leave, you're a lovey you're boy. A lovey boy. For yep. sure, you can be transformed. Yes, lovey absolutely. Boys. Six free items at every yeah. location. 36 free gifts. Mm-hmm. You Given just away. Get in any there. item. You can get grande, anything you want, any color. Just each each customer gets one. Mention the show. For six. Let's go. Yep. Thanks. It's all right here at Minky Couture, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.